Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Outsiders. I'm Seth Austin. And I'm Todd Pickering. We're a couple of actors stuck on the outside, trying to make our way to the inside of the biz. Hollywood, baby. <laughs> God, that was really good. That was I just no idea. stellar. I'm going to do it. I did it last time. It's a little repetitive, but I'm going to give myself another pat on the back. <laughs> All right. Since we're still... Are we ever going to do this together in a studio? Uh, one can dream. Can't one, Todd, <laughs> um, at this point. Uh, yeah. I don't know. But will we ever go back to any sense of normalcy? Time I don't will tell. know. Some places have. Um, you know, it's all about the online stuff. I just did my first commercial audition. You had your first commercial audition? Well, how did they do it? Did they do it like an open call? Or sorry, not an open call, but do they do it a self-tape? Or do they do these new cool like virtual like conference call tele-auditions? Yes, the latter. The latter. They, um, and uh, I was out at the grocery store and I get home and I see I have an audition from my agent and I look it all up and it's on an app called Blue Jeans, not Zoom, it's called Blue Jeans that Blue I downloaded. Jeans. And it was just real simple, just a couple of lines. And then I noticed that the date wasn't for tomorrow, it was for today, a half an hour ago. So the audition and happened, you had to time travel back? You had to time travel back to do the audition. Well, I can't, I don't have those powers, Seth. Yet, yet, Todd, yet. I'm watching Dark, okay? And you know, there's a bunch of miserable German people that are time traveling all over the place, so. What's that one called? It's called Dark. Dark, because there's too many shows. Don't ever, everybody out there, do not shame people for not watching shows. It's one of my pet peeves. You haven't seen Ozark, no, <laughs> Man, if, if I got just a little more depressed every time someone said that to me, I would be not a happy person. Right, be, so, yeah. so tell us about Dark real quick. If we, Let's, yeah, okay, so it's a bunch no, of I mean, unhappy. What channels it on and stuff? It's on Netflix. It's about a, about a bunch of miserable German people who find a rift in the space-time continuum, and they time travel between 33 years in the future, 33 years in the past, and then 30, it's, it's, yeah, it's very complicated. Good? It's good, except, like I, I keep saying, it's about a bunch of miserable German people, so it's hard to, it's hard to, like, like any of the characters because oh. they're, they're just, they're very unhappy and they're not very nice to anybody. Like they don't really like their kids. They don't like anybody. It's like, they're all unhappy. Like it's, it's hard to get really right. attached to any of the characters. Well, but. we'll get, get an update on that one. Yeah. So <laughs> the digressions, they're never going to stop. Um, never. So long story short, I just said, you know what? I missed it and I'm not, I, I'm just going to go online. And you know how you wait in the waiting room for a Zoom call and you, then you click me in? You click me in, right? I click that, you in every time, Todd. That's our relationship, yeah. I, is that a, okay, that's gonna be a new catchphrase. Did you click him in? Did you click her in? I clicked her in. Wow. I clicked her in real good. Okay, so that's my point. So Seth, I go to this site and I know I'm late and they're giving direction to another spot because I'm like half an hour late and I'm sitting there and I'm trying to look at the script and organize myself and adjust my life. And then all of a sudden, the casting director, and I've got all these things up so I can't see them. She's just like, hi, Todd. I'm like, oh, excuse me? No, and I, I just actually didn't say anything. She goes, Todd, can you hear me? And I went, uh, can you see me? I just was in. <laughs> just like instantly. Just, yeah. yeah. So I thought I was in a waiting room or something. She was I'm watching I was quiet. the whole time. It, it was part of the audition, Todd. 
That was it was a trick. You thought you were in a waiting room. She was watching you the whole time. You lo- exactly. you won or lost the role right there before you even said a word. Well, they were really nice. They apologized, and then she put me into another room with the casting director. So it was just like going in for an audition in the yeah. sense that, and again, you know, two hours notice, and I said, you know, I I got the script. He goes, yeah, ignore that. They rewrote it. And it was completely rewritten. That's a commercial, right? And then when you get on right. set, if you book it, you're not going to be doing any of that stuff anyway. Yeah, it was just um, a couple of lines. That's, yes. I, <laughs> so, by the way, everybody, I'll give out one of my secrets, you know. Oh. I don't, you know, my glasses. So my God, no Todd, you've been lying to me this whole time. Did you not know that? I knew that. Um, okay. So, <laughs> I had to write my lines out so I could see him because he was like, lean back. And for I those of, let's pause for a second for those of you who are just listening uh todd does not have any lenses in his glasses he just poked his fingers through the holes in his glasses because there's oh. no lenses through there we have to always remember that not everyone not everyone is watching our brilliant smiling faces That's right it's a podcast um, it's a podcast <laughs> still learning over here folks still still we'll get any rate enough boring but the point is it was weird, first off. I just need to say as an actor, and I was late, so I was nervous that I was, you know, they were super nice. Yeah. It, it was like, but, but it's weird doing it in your living room. Yeah. I mean, so, but did you think, so what I've heard from other folks that have done this is, did you think it was better than at least, or at least better than doing a self-tape? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. That's what everyone seems to be saying, because it's like, it's kind of like you said, it's kind of like a real audition, right? Except you're doing it in your living room, but at least you get to commune, connect, whatever you want to call right. it, with another person <laughs> rather than just like sort of screaming into the void of the self-tape situation, you know? Um, I, I've done, a, I've done a, a voiceover audition and they said, we really liked you, but we want blah, blah, blah. And I'm, you're just guessing. Right. I'm like, okay, in print, I don't really know what that is. I'll just give you something else, but it's a shot in the dark. I mean, I can do 50 voices. They do not want to hear 50 voices from 50 actors. Do the math. Right. Yeah. Right. So unless you're, unless you're in the room, you know, for something like that, they, you know, but hopefully we have those capabilities for callbacks and whatnot. Um, yeah. It went fine. I mean, um, be interesting to know if, they're still going forward. California is shutting down again yep. for the weekend, the 4th of July weekend. Right. And that's probably a very good thing to contain the spread of the virus because it seems to be out of control uh, here in California and, and many other states. Um, 19, I think, more approximately. There's, about 20, there's approximately half of the United States that's going up and half that's remaining flat. Right. Or, yeah. As of today. As of today. So that puts the whole reopening of Hollywood that we've been talking about into question, doesn't it? Yes. Um, and uh, I came upon, we came upon this article. In you did. Hollywood. I did. yourself on the back. Oh, there it is. Another That's two. I feel great about coming upon this really sort of depressing article about the sort of uh, limbo <laughs> that we, that we find ourselves in, in this uh, Hollywood uh, industry in Los Angeles because everyone wants to get, you know, so we have commercials, right? Commercials, we could argue, are much or easier to do in this state. There's fewer people involved overall, right? Um, you can do a lot of them virtually. You can record potentially in your own home if they structure the commercial or rewrite the commercial in a certain way. But 
to actually get new content out there, we have to be back on set. You know, we have to be filming and it's a completely different story. So you can't just do that in your living room. And that's just, it's all up in the air. You know, um, there was a, a soap opera that's tried to reopen, but then Bold there was and a the beautiful. Bold and the Beautiful, right, as mentioned in this article. But then there was a debacle with the testing. Not enough people got tested and there were a bunch of false positives. Um, but there's this quote by, his name is Chris Mundy, and he is the showrunner for that show, Ozark. Stars Jason Bateman, Laura Linney, uh, et cetera. And, and you know what's interesting about that show? I've seen season one. Yeah. Have you seen it? I've seen seasons one and two, yeah. Well, it's a family of four, so there could be some clever writing with just four actors. Right, but- You know, but- But what if, okay, as Chris Mundy says, it yes. feels like you could see a way forward day-to-day checking in on people, meaning, I guess he means like testing, et cetera. Testing, yes. Right, yeah, and, and making sure everyone's you know quarantining and all that. But I don't know what happens if one of your leads gets sick. That's a whole different scenario. I don't know what the reality of that is in terms of that level of testing. So, I mean, like, what if Jason Bateman fell ill? Or Laura Linney. Laura Linney, you know? Um, you don't have a show. Yeah, you don't. So, it, like, it's, a, it's asking a lot of the producers, right, uh, of Netflix to greenlight something like that with that risk. I mean, and I don't know where they're shooting, but... You know, they, then the, uh, the article goes on to talk about how in a lot of states where they're shooting some of these shows, the restrictions aren't as strict and the mask thing has become politicized, right? So, um, and some people just aren't wearing them. So it calls into safety, it calls into question safety. Uh, well, so the reopening, said, what's that? I think we said this last week that um, the, 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 I think Tyler Perry in Georgia is planning on doing it. I think it was Universal that had a concept for a movie, but all of the crew and all of the cast will be tested and quarantined during the entire shoot. Right. So they are what they the new term is they're they're a giant pod. So they wouldn't they're not allowed to leave set. Right. The crew as well, right? That is correct. Yeah. So that I mean that's how Tyler Perry is doing his show. And that was supposed to be now. I mean, we didn't research that, but my, my yeah. So that's what's going on. Yeah. Um, and then at the very end, if you want to go for this one, Todd, there's a really sure, great. Sure, I got quote. it handy. I mean, yeah. just to, just to button this article, it's a this guy named Christopher Miller. He is a part of a production company called Lord Lord Miller. He tweeted this. He said, "Quote: There are a bunch of movies and shows that are hoping to start production soon, including some of ours." but they won't be able to go if the COVID numbers keep rising. So if you want fresh new content, please wear a damn mask and help stop the spread. Yeah, I think I can speak for both of us when I say that we are both very, very, very pro-mask. Um, you know, is that is that correct, Todd? Do you believe in the mask? <laughs> There's, it's just a fact. I mean, yeah. I don't understand the comment of politicizing a mask that's been used in hospitals for over a hundred years my cousin's a nurse i mean you just wear a mask when you're i have to laugh at this issues. i have to laugh at this or i will cry because it seems so simple um it's uh, yeah the whole fa- the thing that people are the my body my choice thing if i don't want to wear a mask i don't have to is it's so silly it's um so please everyone 
just wear your masks, keep everyone safe so that well, we it's can. It's things like, you know, the Hollywood industry and employees millions and, and the catering and. Um... So one of my side jobs, Todd, is that yes. I work for the city of Los Angeles as a park film monitor. Now, what do I monitor? I monitor uh, sets, film sets. It's, uh, I could call it an industry adjacent job. So when a film production wants to use a public park in the city of Los Angeles, they have to apply for a permit, pay for a permit. Um, and I am hired that for, that for a predict particular production to go to the park and make sure that whoever is renting it for production is adhering to all the rules and does not, you know, ex essentially ruin the park. Um, right. And the other day we got a, an email saying that Hollywood is open and that I should expect, we, the park film monitors, there's many of us, should expect to get work moving forward. We're, we're, we're back in business, but that will not be the case. Uh, you know, I will not, I will have to continue to be unemployed or on unemployment if, um, if this industry does not open. Um, yeah, like, as you say, there's just so many people that depend on the film industry here in LA. Um, and Walt so, Disney World is supposed to open on the 11th, I wanna say, but um, right. Actors' Equity did not approve of their Actors' Contract. Ah. And most of the shows aren't opening, but that's still, I think, I, I don't know who falls under that. Anybody that has a face, I think is how it goes. So that means, you know, the characters won't be able to come back. And of course people can't hug them, but I mean, they were supposed yeah. to, you know, I'm just saying that. So yeah, you're, you're the, the shows are not going to perform obviously because those, all those actors are equity in Disney world, but then more than likely all of the, like you said, Mickey, I think you mentioned to me that Mickey Mouse doesn't speak. So he might not be equity, but a lot of the other characters that just walk around are also equity. So like, what is Disney? Like, how can you have Disney world without the Mickey characters? Mouse. Well, because they could have Mickey. I'm not sure. Yeah. My, my point is, is yeah. that the unions, and I mean, this is goes back to Hollywood and Disneyland, of course, because we shut down, had to move their opening date. It was supposed to be July 17th. Yeah, that's not um, happening. And it's not happening. But the unions, AGVA is the union here. Right. Or the actors, they don't use equity because um, there's not as many. There's, it's, you know, Disney World's huge. So equity got the contract there. So I'm just saying that, you know, and there's a musician's union at Disney you know, there's California Musicians Union. I'm sure there's one out in Florida. So I'm just saying, it, you know, all these unions have to agree. And that's what went on with Hollywood. All the unions had to agree. So there was an agreement made, which um, brings us to like, let's just get off the COVID. <laughs> yeah, it's enough um, with the COVID. <laughs> I mean, people are going to, they've already shut us off. <laughs> uh, no, uh, no. But you're, you're still studying. What's that? You're studying. I am studying, but we, we keep forgetting to do this. And yeah, we, we, we need to give people our email address in case they want to hear more from us um, and communicate with us in any way. Our email address uh, for this fun little podcast is the Outsiders Biz. That's the Outsiders B I Z at gmail.com. Um, the Outsiders Biz at gmail.com. That's right. The Outsiders Visit gmail.com. And also stay tuned at the end for our tips, uh, <laughs> which we should have said at the beginning. Now we're almost done because um, here it's basically coming. So you were asking me, Todd, about uh, a class that I'm taking. Yes. So um, my, my school is supposed to reopen on July 17th, uh, Playoffs West, but I will not be able to go back and start that yet um, for a couple of reasons. But 
the point is, so in lieu of that, my friend uh, Peter in New York uh, is a Michael Chekhov uh, instructor uh, in the Michael Chekhov acting technique. And up until uh, these last couple of classes that I've taken, I was wholly unfamiliar with the Michael Chekhov technique. But oh, cool! Yeah, so it's new to you. It's completely. And tell everybody new. who Michael Chekhov is, please. He is or was the nephew of Anton Chekhov, the very famous Russian playwright who wrote a bunch of comedies. Cherry <laughs> um, Orchard, yeah. Uncle Vanya. Remember that. For your younger actors, they are comedies, except for I think one of them. I forget which one, but he even right. himself was quoted. Well, as saying, that's another story. That's a I whole mean, other digression, yeah, but I just so. want to—I don't want to forget to mention that. Um, anyway, so the Michael Chekhov technique is very interesting. Uh, Michael Chekhov was—he incorporated a lot of Stanislav, a lot of Stanislavski's teachings in his own, and he has four major pillars. Uh, Michael Chekhov does as part of his technique. Um, I'll write these down. Well, I can't rattle all of them off right now, but the first two that oh, we, because I haven't studied I them all yet, but the first two oh, right. that I have studied are the feeling of ease and the feeling of form. That's as far as I've gotten. And, uh, you know, they're very complex and, and, and there's a lot of studying within each one to do. But what I have found very valuable so far is the feeling of ease. Um, that's his, over, his overarching one. And he says so important. one. What's the, yeah, the one that you can't teach. And it is so important. And yeah, he says it's the one you can't teach. It's basically a lifetime of working on this feeling of ease. And it's not, and the main thing is it's not, it doesn't mean that when you're playing a character, it doesn't mean that every character is like chill. Not every character is like a California surfer dude, right? It's not just that everyone right. has this feeling of ease, everyone's chilled out. No, it's that you yourself as, 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 a, as an actor have an internal feeling of ease so that you can more readily and more deeply express and access all of the characters' thoughts and feelings and emotions, right? So you could have a really Correct. tense character, but as the actor, you have a feeling of ease so that you can more freely express this tense character's feelings and then so and, and flow within the scene, right? So that you're adaptable because you know, this guy might be really tense, but he also might have a lot of other layers, right? The characters tend to change over the course of a play, right? He's not just one note. He's many things, this character. So is the sense of ease really more, when he says that, is he speaking to the actor rather than the character or both? That is a good question. And I don't know if I can confidently answer that at this point. That is something that I will actually ask my friend Peter, who teaches this class. Um, I think it's kind of both in a way. I think it more applies to the actor and the preparation. It sounds like it. Yeah, it's more the actor and the preparation um, is what I would, is what I'm feeling right now. But what I like, what I really liked about that particular concept is it directly applies to the Meisner training in, in the preparation of the relaxation that I've talked about before, right? So, you know, part of the, a big, for me, the most important, my, my, most important part of my Meisner training so far has been the relaxation of it. And what that does, it, it does allow you to more freely access everything and to sort of receive what your partner's giving you so that you can change in the moment. You know, it's, it's, it's about being moment to moment, right? How can you be moment to moment if you don't have that feeling of ease? If you don't have that relaxation, you're going to be sort of stuck in this, this, whatever you were doing before, it's going to, it's, it's just going to completely sort of take you over, you know, the moment you're in, um, rather than moving to the next moment. So I anyway. think that's really important. And that, that's the way, I mean, 
maybe we'll follow up on this because I think it's fantastic to talk about because none of us are at ease right now. And yeah. so it's something to think about when you audition. I will say per my audition, I didn't have a lot of ease because it was the first time I did it. He sure. put me at ease, the casting director. I also feel like for myself, I, you know, I'm, I'm more forgiving, but I say the next time I do that, I need to be more at ease because I've already done it once. So right. I always kind of put that first one down to learning. So I think that's fantastic. I think I studied Chekhov in college, but that was a long time ago. Yeah, um, it's really good. The second one we did though, uh, to be perfectly honest, like the second class I took, we started to work on the feeling of form. And I'm not, I'm on the fence about that one so far. Like I'm trying to be as open-minded as possible because I want to I wanna absorb everything, right? But this feeling of form, it didn't necessarily like, we did a lot of like physical activities where you would like take a line from, he's like, okay, so, so think of a line of text from any play or anything that you know, from anything that you've done or just whatever, an audition you've had, and then put a couple of specific physical moments, a beginning, middle, and an end um, with that. And then you know, do a different, a couple of different way, a couple of different levels of it, like make it really extreme, make it really like internal. And I'm not explaining it very well, but at the end of the day, I don't know that I got a ton out of the feeling of form part. Um, I'm going to keep with it, of course, because I do find it really interesting. That part of it certainly didn't fit in with what we've learned in, in, the, in the Meisner training so far. So I'm, I'm a little skeptical of that, but well, it just sounds like the opposite of ease in a way, and you put them together. Right, exactly. So you got to maintain that feeling of ease while you're doing, you know, all of this this physical work. Um, but it, for me, I think what it did was it put me in my head because I was more worried about where my body was physically rather than just being in a moment. Um, so yeah, I, I don't. Maybe maybe well, I can find a place where I'm still at ease and I'm, you know, but. I, Let's face it, when you're on set and the set's tiny, the areas, you, you know, you have to hit your marks and they're not, there's, there, you know, there's nothing natural about it. It's yeah, very true. unnatural. Yeah, so I, I think this is where this is heading. And yeah. that's the hardest part of, you know, acting. That's why you have to have a certain amount of ease because you're, 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 trapped on at literally standing on an X and hitting marks. Yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, yeah, and what I'm hearing is that, you know, you need to incorporate that feeling of ease. You need to have that feeling of ease so, so readily available to you that when you're put in these extreme acting situations, you can, you can deliver, especially on film sets where you don't have a lot of rehearsal, um, if any rehearsal you know, and you might right. be getting the script that day, that morning, depending on what you're doing, like it's soap operas and stuff. Think about it. If you have ease yeah, and you're totally loosey goosey and you can totally be in the moment and it's all real. Yeah. But if you're standing off camera, doesn't matter how much ease you have, they have to do another take. Right. The opposite of that is if you're perfect at hitting all of your marks, but have no, you know, you're nervous and stiff and not connecting with the other actor, then I'm just filming, I guess, technically bad acting. Yeah. Yeah. Or someone who's got to just... watch the greats. Yeah. And you know how you learn about all the greats, Seth? 
You watch movies, Todd? Is that where we're going with this? Yeah, but you could also watch my Walk of Fame Wednesdays web series if you oh, heard of it. Oh, you know, a friend mentioned it to me. That must mean you're like super famous because I heard about this like way through the grapevine. Like, Did you really? Are you messing with your... <laughs> I'm totally messing with you. No, of um, course I know about Walk of Fame Wednesdays. What episode is this of ours? This is going to be episode seven. Of this right, podcast. and I, never, I haven't plugged my web series. We have, you have not plugged your web series, which is a crying shame but i'm doing it now finally and tell, you just tell shot, us about it seth just shot two episodes because he's <laughs> now we're doing a podcast together so he's stuck yeah um i have to uh, i'm todd's slave for this walk of fame wednesday <laughs> what what episodes did you shoot i did jamie fox and i did Halle berry, Halle berry. yeah um so I take a star on the Walk of Fame. So this is how it started. When I walked up and down the Walk of Fame, actually when I was a tourist, when I was in my teens, oh. the first time I came, you know you know who people like, well, Halle Berry probably wouldn't have been there, but you know, um, Clark Gable, Cary Grant, Catherine Hepburn, everybody knows who they are, Judy yeah. Garland. Yeah. But then you pass Ray Charles, I mean, Charles Ray. There's all, Ray Charles has a star, but Charles Ray was a great big, um, star silent star um john bunny was a huge star in the in the 1912 and 13 and died in like 1914 you know yeah i mean no i, I was old I, I didn't know i don't know who any of those folks are right but that's that's the point yeah. so i wanted to know who they were but those aren't popular on my series because nobody knows who they are but it's the black and white stars that flow my mind and just hollywood history blows my mind so but yet i do Halle berry well, Jamie Foxx even more so. There were three facts about him I didn't know. So let me put you on pause here, Todd. So what, what is this? What, what exactly is it? What do you do? Describe what you're actually uh, doing It's just a stars. mini um, documentary where I take Jamie Foxx. I just do simple research, just, you know, and uh, get put lots of pictures. And, you know, with the black and white stars, it's a big deal because nobody knows what they look like. Nobody knows what, you know, the, the costumes are interesting and all that stuff. I tend when I do modern stars to make them short, a little faster and sharper. Yeah. And ju just to learn something about them. I mean, so it, it, it's a, um, what, 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 what would you call it? It's a. Okay. So Todd puts on his Sunday best and he goes down Hollywood Boulevard and he, uh, you know, he takes a star for that week. Every, every week is a different star. Like he said, one week was Jamie Foxx the next week was Halle Berry. Um, and he does about what, how long is each episode? Five minutes? Max. I try Max. to, yeah. that's really long. I try to keep them two, three minutes is sweet. Yeah. I mean, when you do somebody big that's older, sometimes that's had a vast career, it's hard to keep it under five minutes. But. Sure, but he gives a bunch of fun facts and just sort of, you know, uh, that a bunch of fun facts and stuff that we wouldn't necessarily know. Some little known um, trivia about each of these different stars. And it's super fun. It's super fast. And uh, if you're if you're at all into Hollywood history, which, as we've said before, if you're an actor, you probably should know your P's and Q's about about Hollywood history. It doesn't hurt for sure, especially the bigger the bigger stuff, the bigger names. Um, Even the smaller names. To watch somebody that you didn't know, to see that there were people, especially people of color, that you know, like I did do Seshwa Hayakawa was a Japanese one of the, you know, he was a huge star during the silent era. Yeah, I didn't know And that. was a really good actor. He's in one of these really bad movies in a really racist villain role. And it's really kind of a three person movie. And he's 
really good compared to the two leads that are that never made it as stars. Yeah. So even watching, you don't have to watch the whole thing, but I did watch that whole movie and I'm like, he's really good. He was circling back to Chekhov. I mean, this guy's actually acting. Like I see things in his eyes. Like I can see what he's thinking. Yeah. Yet I don't know what he's thinking. I'm interested in him where the female lead is every cliche of bad silent movie, overacting, overface. Todd, you have forgotten to mention where to find this brilliant web series. Well, thanks for reminding me. It's on YouTube, and it's called Walk of Fame Wednesdays with Todd Pickering. And, and how do we follow you on Instagram, Seth? On Instagram? Oh, Instagram, yes. yes. Uh, that would be at Seth Austin Insta. Are you on Instagram as well, Todd? Yeah, I'm simply Todd.Pickering. All right, plug's done. Plug done. So to, to no. circle back to what you're doing with the Walk of Fame, uh, this, 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 this ties in with our, our major tip, I think, for the week, yes. which is accountability, right? We, I don't think we have any other real tips for this week, but during this time when a lot of us aren't doing much acting-wise, myself included, because you know, I don't have an agent, right? So I'm, not, I'm self-submitting still every single day, but I, man, I haven't had an audition in probably a month, I think. Um, so how does one stay how does one feel like they still have their head in the game um, when that is the case, when you're not getting seen? Uh, so I've been doing this, this online class with my friend, Peter. Um, I've been doing weekly readings with my friend, Paul from class. We've been doing red light winter. Um, we did it two weeks in a row, uh, half of the play each week. And then next week, uh, sorry, this week, this coming Monday, we're going to switch roles. There's two male leads and either both of us could play either one. So then we're just going to switch it up and get a new female lead in the play. And it's, it's only a three hander. So, uh, you know, we're just going to do that. We're just going to, there's many ways to stay, to feel like you have your head in the game and uh, just find whatever that is for you, whether it's learning a new monologue every week or whatever, you know, uh, doing it. So for us, for part of it, for us, me and Todd, for myself, anyway, I can only speak for myself is this podcast, right? This podcast has helped keep well, of me course accountable like we talked about in one of our early episodes reading um michael shirtleff's audition and i have been doing that i've been rereading and i think i read it about 15 years ago and had it not been for this wonderful podcast i probably wouldn't have reread it again for who knows how long but i'm about halfway through with it at this point and we're going to talk at length about it at some point because it's a brilliant piece of i've read of, it three or four times um yeah I, I just i got a little emotional there because Honestly, what this podcast, I mean, Seth and I said at the beginning, the first few episodes that we felt like, you know, we're outsiders and we feel like we're shams. What the fuck do we know? And it's like, all right, so this is holding our feet to the fire a little bit. Um, uh, I read a David Mamet book. And here's another tip for those of you listening in the Los Angeles area and frustrated with the closures, the libraries are open again. So... I, you know, I, I can't tell you if there's a copy of Michael Shirtliff's audition and, you know, the 2,000 of you that are listening to this, only one of you gets it, I know, but you can go online and get it and go pick it up at certain libraries. I know the central library is open and I promise I'll return the 50 books I checked out before the pandemic. I'm started. laughing because I think, uh, I think 2,000 <laughs> listeners is generous for us right now. Uh, I'm not really? Sure I that. don't. We're huge, huge. in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
if you, you know our apologies for not knowing any japanese we'll get on that we'll start learning it <laughs> um so we can do one in japanese do an entire that'll be our quarantine goal to be I was, able to do i was in earnest there because I, I i believe but i mean you were in importance of being earnest what no um Another importance of being earnest by Oscar Wilde is a great play that you can check out. Read giving, it. We are giving you tips. It's hard. I'm going to say to you honestly, too, I spent a lot of time watching YouTube and Netflix shows and, and napping too much and not exercising enough. It's hard. Be kind to yourself. You know, just go check a book out and read it. And if you just read three pages, at least you've read three pages. Yes. Say you're going to write a script and you've only written two. That's two more than zero. And keep so. keep being kind to yourself, as Todd said. Keep checking in on your mental health. And uh, seriously, reach out to us. Our web, our our email, theoutsidersbiz b i z at gmail .com, and let us know what you're thinking, how you're feeling. We'll address things if you ask us. If you're listening out there, the two thousand, <laughs> the two thousand people, the two, the two <laughs> thousand. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes, all two of our listeners, my wife and one of Todd's friends. No, um. <laughs> my, and my, I don't have a wife, but I have one that's on television. No. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Stay strong out note, there. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.